This is the OMFL. You can't touch this. And you're in the mix with Kinda Real Nate. Here's another OMFL production. Press Pass Live, your weekly podcast show for the OMFL. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I got my buddy D Wayne with us today. How you doing, Mister D Wayne? I'm pretty good. It's not um, a monsoon in Arkansas anymore. Um, I'm off for the weekend. Uh, Mo Dilly kicked my ass today, but <laughs> doing this doing this Press Pass Live just makes it all better. Yeah, it's uh, still very much a monsoon here, so uh, we're still trying to chase the rain away, and it's supposed to be getting cooler, and so we'll see how that all works out. But uh, it's a it's a Friday afternoon, so we're doing a little bit of a right. different show than we normally do. Um, I'll tell you up front uh, that we are going to be starting a new podcast uh, that'll happen once a month for the entire grown folks community leadership. Um, and it's going to be a sports podcast just to talk sports from the grown folks community. And so we'll talk um, this week. We're going to kick off the first one that will happen on Saturday morning. And so um, we'll probably talk some NCAA basketball. Uh, I know spring training, MLBs around the corner, of course, NFL free agency. And then uh, even probably tap into a little WWE since WrestleMania is right around the corner. And uh, just something new that we want to kick off and try and kind of uh, continue to grow the options that people listen to here. And so hopefully it's something that you guys enjoy and uh, something that people really get into. So that is not why you're here right now. Why you are here right now, though, is to talk some OMFL. And we are in week number 16. And man, the playoff races are coming down to the wire. And that's what D. Wayne and I are going to talk about all day today. We're going to cover... The playoffs, potential matchups, uh, and then we're going to take a look at the offseason awards and just kind of throw some names out there of people that we've got our eye on that could possibly win some different awards. So let's go ahead and get started in the NFC. I'll uh, show the conference standings right now. You got the Cowboys in the lead in the East, you got the Seahawks in the lead in the West. The Bears in the lead in the North, and the Falcons in the lead in the South. And, of course, that gives us a handful of teams that are still very much in the running over in the wild card playoffs for the NFC. You got right now the Cardinals and Saints are your two wild cards, but some of these Week 16 games have not been played yet. You still got the Carolina Panthers very much in the running there. And so it's going to come down through uh, three headed horse here for those last two spots in the Cardinals, Saints, and Panthers. And we'll see who is able to kind of take that one away. So let's go ahead and talk about NFC playoff race. Who do you think's in? And what do you think those matchups are going to be? Well, like I said, uh, your top four spots are pretty much uh, set in stone, or they are set in stone. Um, I honestly don't think maybe uh, the Bears and Cowboys might flip-flop a little bit, but I think they're pretty much set. 
your top two teams are set in stone, uh, one, two set. Five and six is going to be interesting. Uh, like you said, you got the Cardinals at five right now and the, the Saints at six. <clears throat> I think the Cardinals that win today, like I said, I, I don't think 12. I think they're pretty much set where they're going to be at. I think they're going to be your five. I think the only one left is your six spot. And you realistically, you got two teams fighting for it, the Saints and the Panthers. Uh, I think that one comes down to week 17. I'm not sure who you play this week 17, Nate. Um but it should come down to week 17. And if I had to take a guess, I'm going to go ahead and say the Saints are going to take that sixth spot. Maybe the play, play the Bears, maybe. Let's see here. Uh, Cowboys. Cowboys. Yeah. Oh, there you go. That, that's what it and is. That's, and that's a game, like I said, depending on, you know, if the Cowboys want to sit, guys, they're kind of locked in their spot. This is where teams can really dictate how the playoffs work because if he, you know, not saying the Saints don't beat him with everything he's got already, but if he decides to sit everybody and, and do what he wants, and the Saints could have an easier road, and then you go week 17, the uh, the Panthers have the Vikings, and then week 16, and he hasn't played his game yet, and he plays the Buccaneers. So he's got two tough games. Um, like I said, you've already got one game up on him on uh, with your win in week 16, and I if I'm not mistaken, y'all's division record, and you got him. But I think if he beats the Bucks, I don't know about y'all's head-to-head, but it ought to be interesting, like I said, if it comes down to the end of the season to see where Madden takes this one. You might can tell me – y'all's. I'm sure you can tell me your head-to-head. Yeah, it was one-and-one. One. So it, it ought to be really interesting to see where it comes down to if, if the you know Saints win out or if both these teams um, finish the season with the same record. But I'm going to go ahead and put my hat in the you know hat in the barrel with the Saints pulling this one out. I think, like I said, you've already got one win out of the way. He's got two tough games. Tim with the Vikings in week 17, if I'm if that's, that's what I said. He's a tough game. He never quits playing. And this Bucks owner is, has looked like trouble for a lot of teams so far, even though it hadn't quite turned out to be a successful season yet. Uh, he's got two really tough games. So I'm going to go with the Saints at six. So you go in that first round, you got the – I'm going to go ahead and say the, the – I'm going to say the Bears get the three seed. Um the Cowboys get the four seed, the Cards five, six. So then you got the Bears versus Saints and the Cowboys versus Cardinals, which makes her really, really fun. I think it's really enjoyable. If you're into, if you love watching some good OMFL football, that'd be two really, really good games right there. Yeah, I got to apologize. It looks like uh, this stream is uh, kind of going in and out, and uh, I'm not sure why. I, I we're into a brand new house, and so. This is only the second podcast I think that I've done from here and uh, doing some speed tests. It looks like I may have some internet issues. I have to get them to come out and look. I should be getting 300 uh, down and 30 up. And as you were talking and I'm watching this stupid meter change colors on me, uh, I am not getting anywhere close to that. So we apologize if this stream comes out a little wonky. If it does, I am recording it. We'll take it down and, and we'll upload the uh, recorded one that won't be as, as wonky. But, um, yeah, I, I think that the Panthers are going to take that last spot. Add Massimo, uh, you know, as you said, he's you know not really fighting for playoff seed. It's pretty much set. I mean, him and the Bears could kind of flip-flop there, and so maybe that matters to him. Uh, but I also lost uh, Jared Goff for the season. I, I didn't even look and see how long he was hurt. I was – that frustrated by the whole thing. <laughs> um, but he dislocated his shoulder against um, who did I play? the Eagles this week. And so uh, I expect him to be out for the rest of the season. 
and uh, pretty much think that's going to put a wrap on my up and down season that I've had here. Um, I do like my rookie, but man, it's going to be really, really tough to um, play some of these really, really great teams like the Cardinals, the Falcons, the Seahawks, all these teams. Every team in the NFC is going to be really, really tough. So um, I do think the Panthers are going to take that last playoff seed. Um, I I think that the, the Dallas Cowboys are going to play everybody, and they'll stay at the number three seed. And that's going to set up some really um, different matchups. Uh, the Cowboys and Panthers should be a really, really good one. Um, I think that the Cardinals are one of the better teams in this league. He's finally got that roster rebuilt, and so I look for him to make a deep run. That's a tough matchup for the Bears. Not that they can't win that since it's going to be at home, but it's definitely going to be uh, a very tall task, a very big ask. Um and that would just kind of set up some really, really great matchups that we can talk about on our next podcast uh, once we actually know how those are set up. But um, I do see uh, this coming down to, to a Falcon seahawk type of matchup. And, uh, man, I just don't – we talked about that a little bit offline, but I don't know if anybody can beat those Falcons. Um, who do you see coming out of the NFC as, as kind of the top dog? I know that we still need to see the playoff, you know, how they'll actually fall, but – just kind of your your guesstimate right now. Yeah, if I had to go back to you know what I was saying earlier, I said the the Bears versus Saints, and then I go the Cardinals versus the Cowboys. Uh, I, I will say I think the Cardinals beat the Cowboys in that game. The Cardinals are reeling right now. He's he's playing really good football. Um, you know, I just played him today, and he overcame me, winning the turnover battle and 200 yards rushing, and still wins the game. He's got a dangerous receiving corps that was you know really hyped for free agency last year. Um, and he's, he's putting it all together, and he's always been really good on the defensive side of the ball um, to begin with. And, you know, the Bears and Saints game, I think the Saints come out and beat, win this game. I think the offensive firepower, even without golf, wins that game. I think it's a close one. The Bears play my kind of football. He plays ugly, run the ball, play good defense. I love it. I love it. I just don't see him winning that game. Uh, I, th- I do think it comes down to the wire. And then that would go – that would put you the Saints versus the Falcons and Seahawks versus the Cardinals, which is really fun. Because I think the Seahawks and Cardinals uh, are just a hell of a rivalry. I think it's a real fun one. And he actually has a really outside chance to take that two spot from the Seahawks. I just don't see it happening. Um, just to throw that out there. But I do think the Seahawks end up winning that game. Uh, just you can't make no errors against Mo. And like I said, he had three turnovers against me today. And honestly, three turnovers against either Dritish or D-Money. And Mo, you're not going to win that game. Um but, he, of course, he won today. But I think that Seahawks win that game, another rivalry. It's kind of a revenge game from the regular season when Mo beat him, Mo Daly beat him earlier this year. So, Mo versus Mo, uh, the Seahawks, Mo wins that game. And I do think the Saints run into a brick wall with the Falcons, man. He's just a stacked, crazy roster. Uh, hell of an owner. Uh, plays really good football. Um, I think that the the Saints put up a good fight, but the Falcons, man, is just too much. Probably the best team hands down in this league. And that puts us to another Falcons-Seahawks. And this is where it gets interesting to me because I think this is going to go down to the wire because the Falcons can. They can play both sides. They can play explosive, fast football. They can play slow it down, grind it out football. Um, but Mo wants to play one way and one way only. Uh, he does have the Griffin brothers out there. He has a dominant defense. He has one of the best defensive ends in uh, Galette on the right end. Um, I think the Seahawks pulled an upset in like a 17-14 or like a 14-10 game against the Falcons. I think the Falcons give one or two mistakes away. Um, he's shown that he's prone. He will throw a few interceptions every once in a while, especially if you put him 
against the wall and make him kind of play at most pace. I think the Seahawks come out of the NFC in a shocker. And for a lot of us that have been here, it's not a shocker to see Mo come out of the NFC, but to come out against this Falcons team who could go into the playoffs or go into the NFC Championship game undefeated, it will be a, a you know I don't think Mo's ever been a called an upset, but he will upset the Falcons. Yep, it it should be a, a good matchup. We'll see how it kind of plays out. The Falcons have seemed so unstoppable. <laughs> Let's go look at the AFC real quick. I'll, I'll rattle off some division leaders that we have here. You got the Jets leading the East. You got the Bengals leading the North. You got the Titans leading the South. And you got the Chiefs leading the West. And so we've definitely seen some movement there in the last couple of weeks. And that kind of sets up this right here. Uh, the Titans at number one, the Jets at number two, the Bengals at number three, the Chiefs at number four, the Colts at number five, and the Jaguars at number six. Uh, and I think it's pretty much over for the way I understand it. And so those are pretty much set with some possible flip-flopping of seeds here and there. Uh, of course, three and four could flip-flop a little bit. I don't see five and six flip-flopping, but um, weirder things have happened, especially with your loss today. Um, so there's still uh, a little bit of deciding of who's going to be in, but nobody really in the running. The Raiders, the Ravens, the Chargers, and the Broncos are all pretty much out of it with the Chargers, Raiders, and Ravens having a really good season, but just going to fall a couple games short here. And we talked about it that um, – there could be a couple of 10-win teams that don't make the playoffs. Right. Um, you're probably definitely going to see that in the NFC, but you're not going to see that in the AFC. And it just makes you kind of wonder, especially with the Cardinals and the Falcons. And uh, look, you just dropped a big game just now to the Cardinals. Like, It's definitely a conversation that we can have next week. It has that power shifted over to the NFC um, because this AFC is either showing they're beating each other up or maybe the power has shifted over. So let's go ahead and talk about how do you see these seedings falling? Are they going to fall how they are set right now? And who do you see kind of coming out on top? And then next week we'll give our real predictions as we see the real seedings. Yeah, like I said, we still got some, you know, jostling here seeding-wise. Uh, we have a huge game in Week 17. The Titans and Jets play each other. Um, so the Jets could go into that Week 11-4. and four. And the Titans would be 11-3-1. and So whoever wins that game gets the number one seed. Um, I'm going to just go out there on a limb, and I'm going to say Big Hurt takes it. Just I'm just taking my division rivals side here. Uh, he's played fantastic football this year. I think he wins that game, and, it's, you know, it's not taking no shots to Jets. Jets have played awesome football and, and getting yeah. a two seed after the down seasons he's had. And quietly he's, done it. Yes, quietly. Uh, he's taking care of business. Uh, you go down, I think the Bengals will get three. The Chiefs will get four. I think I'm locked into five because I beat Jacksonville twice this year, okay. so they can't overtake me. Uh, the sixth spot, the only one I think, if he loses week 17 and these other teams all went out, it could create a spot for that sixth spot. But like I said, it all hinges. Jacksonville, he holds his own, you know, um, his own stake in the playoffs in his own hands. Uh, if he wins, he's in. If he loses, he opens the door for either one of these teams. Like I said, they can all three of these other teams, the Ravens, uh, Raiders, and Chargers, can finish nine and seven. If he loses, he creates a spot where Madden might not choose him to be in the playoffs. Uh, but I think you, like I said, if I'm going to take my guess, I'm going to say Jacksonville takes care of business in week 17. They finish 10 and six. Um, I think you got Titans, Jets, Bengals, Chiefs, Colts, Jaguars in that order. Uh, first round, you got the Bengals versus Jaguars, which we've seen that that 
that matchup before. Yep. Uh, it should be a really fun game to watch. And then you have me and Maniac playing each other, uh, which should be a fun one. Uh, you have two two guys with two big power running backs that want to establish the run, and uh, it would be real a real fun game to watch. I'm gonna go in the Bengals Jaguars game. I'm gonna say that the Bengals. As much as I want to pick the Jaguars here, I just think the Beagles have been flying so far on the radar. And I, I, sometimes I think he does it on purpose. Uh, he's flying so far on the radar. Uh, Jacksonville, oh, I had him on the ropes a couple weeks ago and, and ended up giving it up, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong. Uh, I don't want to be wrong here. Um, but that that game will be a good, a really good game because of uh, Jacksonville really leaning on their defense. They want to run the ball. He, you know, he's not going to beat nobody passing the ball down the field. And, of course, I can't find it. Um, <laughs> I'm not as well prepared as I should have been today. Um, okay, I can't find him. Uh, but I'm going to have to go with the Bengals in this one. Just a firepower. If, if if Jaguars mess up at all, slip up, and he lets the Bengals get ahead. And James White's having a fantastic season running the ball, yeah. which is very characteristic of since he's, you know, he's, he does, never leans on the run like he has this season, but it's paid off for him. I think the Bengals win that game in a 30-24 fashion, 30-27, a close game. And I think he pulls out. The Chiefs and Colts game. Uh, I'm going to give the edge here. I know you. I know exactly what you're going to say when I say this. I'm going to say the Chiefs win this game oh, uh, in God. like a 20 to 17 game. I think it's a grinded out game. I think this is speed of Hill, and I think he's put it together. He started the season out. I think like what 0 and 4, 1 and 4. And remember, he was preaching that he gave Mo a top five pick, and then all of a sudden he turns it on, and now he's nine and five. Uh, I think he's clicking. My Colts haven't. You know we. We let T.Y. Hilton go this last offseason. Thought we could go with the committee receivers, and it's kind of bit us. Um, it hasn't worked out as well as it was we really wanted to. Uh, I think I give the Chiefs the edge here, which puts the Chiefs against um, the Titans in the next round and the Jets versus the Bengals. I think the Jets take care of business. I know he said he hasn't won a single playoff game this cycle. I think he takes care of business. I think he squeaks out one against the Bengals. He's just running the ball fantastic. He's one of the best, you know, cornerback safety users we have here. I think he takes yep. away takes away some some deeper routes that since he wants to uh, to exploit against the Jets. I think he takes those away, and I think you have like a 36-33 or 36-30 game, a pretty high scoring game with those two. But I think the Jets pull it out, and that's just that just speaks volumes what I think about the Jets because I think the Bengals are an awesome team. Um, he he can I mean, he can squeak in the playoffs and win a championship. The Bengals can. Uh, but I'm going to have to give the lean to the Jets this time. And then the Chiefs versus the Titans. I think the Titans come in here and just establish yourself. I think he uses Zeke against a, you know, a Cowboys fan and maniac. I think he runs all over him. And I just think it, it's one of them games. I think it's a 23-20, a 23-17 game, something like that. I think the Titans win. And I think we look at both sides right here, both one and two seeds go to the championship rounds, which I know most, a lot of people would say that's an easy prediction. Uh, but OMFL – once you get in the playoffs, these seedings don't matter. It's it's a yeah. battle, no matter who's playing. Uh, and I think the Titans and Jets have an epic game, and I think the Jets squeeze out a game against the Titans. And this is where I this is probably my biggest upset because I have a lot of a lot of stock in the Titans being a really good team. Played him twice this year. I've never been beaten twice by one team in one season, and he did it this season. And he's played really really great football. But man, there's something about this Jets team gets me. Uh, he's played really good this year. He beat me this year. Um, he's played really good football, and man, he just brings a dynamic when he uses that cornerback and safety. And you, if you don't lock it down right off the bat, who's using? You make a mistake, and the Jets make you pay for mistakes. Uh, so big hurt. I hope you don't use this as ammo against me next season. But I'm gonna go with the Jets coming out of the AFC and the Seahawks coming out of the NFC. 
Boy, you're calling some upsets. We'll have to see how this plays out. <clears throat> Excuse me. Again, I'm going to apologize for the internet. Uh, I'm getting a fraction of what I should be getting, and so I'll go back and rewatch the live stream, and if it is as bad as I think it will be, um, we'll make sure we take it down and, and upload uh, the recorded stream so that you guys can see this. I apologize for it. Uh, new house, working out the bugs, trying to get some things figured out. But, uh, yeah, I'm getting a fraction of what I should be getting right now. Um, I think that these seeds are going to play out like you see them. Uh, I don't see a lot of movement here at all. And you mentioned some really interesting things. Uh, we probably should have just taken these one by one. But uh, I, I do not see um, the Chiefs beating the Colts. I think the Chiefs are my wild card in this entire thing. Like, they are the, the team that can come in and throw a wrench in all of these plans of who people think are going to win or, or how seeds are going to fall. He's really figured this team out. And, uh, yeah, look, I, I never, ever believe uh, Maniac's swan song whenever he sings it. So <laughs> he's a good player. He plays really great defense, a solid running game, and he's got some things figured out with that team as long as his quarterback play holds up. And in the playoffs, that's always been – Maniac's Achilles heel as it has been mine is you get in the playoffs and you start throwing picks uh, it's game over and uh, you're gonna get blown out pretty quickly by somebody because you can't turn the ball over uh, to these really top players I do see the Colts winning that game though even on the road the Colts are a top two team in this league year in and year out um, the Jaguars it's good to see them back uh, in the playoff hunt but an up-and-down team that I can't really get a read on, uh, an owner who's completely unplugged here, um, just plays his games, which is fine. But um, I, I just I, I don't see any passion or any, like, really motivation behind his team. And so, yeah, I, I just um, I think he's going to walk into Cincy and, and get it handed to him. I think Cincinnati has dynamic firepower and can light people up pretty quickly and get plays – in big, big chunks and uh, yards in big, big chunks and and put up a lot of points pretty quickly. If Jacksonville goes in there, they're a great defensive team. That's what Brady's known for. But on that, uh, when you play the Bengals, it's not can you hold him to you know nine points. It's can you hold him under thirty and can right. you score you know forty. That's going to be the big question. And so. I don't know that the Jaguars have that kind of offensive firepower. Um, and then uh, that's going to set up some really interesting matchups. Again, like you said, Titans, Colts, and then Bengals, Jets. And I think you said some really cool stuff there. That would be the game to watch in Bengals versus Jets. Just around the idea of Bengals like to air it out. They love those post routes. They're going to you know, put the ball in the air. They're going to test you deep. And that's what the Jets kind of thrive on. That's what they're good at taking away. And so it would be strength against strength and, and who would come out on top. I personally believe the Bengals would. I, I just think that you can only play one cornerback and uh, they'll kind of learn your strategy there. And, and the Bengals are very patient in their passing game and yes. really efficient. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, has the opportunity to, you know, figure out who you're covering and just look on the other side of the field and, and find an open player. And so that would be a fun matchup. And then that would set up you and versus Rob and the Titans. And the playoffs are a different thing. They're a different monster. You know, Rob moving – over from the 49ers to the Tennessee Titans for a variety of different reasons. Um, he's got that team clicking, and uh, 
the Tim left him a very good team to deal with, and he's got that team rolling, and Zeke is running like a monster madman. And if I remember correctly, I think that Big Hurt is a Cowboys fan, maybe? Yes, um, yes. Yeah, and so he's having fun with that team, but the playoffs are a different monster, and I think you two have had two Super Bowl matchups or something like that or at least a couple of deep playoff runs, and I think you've come out on top on all of them. So I just see that coming again. I think that the Colts are just going to be the more all-around team. I think that Rob and his teams in the past, at least, tend to press when things get tight. And if you press in the playoffs instead of being patient, you're going to pay for it with some interceptions, a lot of P words in there. And so uh, I, I see the Colts setting up to have a big matchup against the Bengals. Um, and that we've seen that matchup before. It could go any direction. We've mainly seen it go in Dwayne's direction, but it could definitely go the other way. And I just think that Dwayne has the more all-around team. And I think that the Bengals are going to turn the ball over too many times. And you get into playoff football and things get tight. And that's going to set up a big matchup between Colts and Falcons, part two. And uh, that would be a matchup to watch because uh, the Falcons have to play a perfect game against the Colts. Anytime you play the Colts, you have to play a perfect game. But the Falcons are one of the few teams that actually have the firepower to play a perfect game. And um, I'm interested to see what happens with the Falcons now that this fall forward glitch has went away because that definitely towards the end of his season, allowed him a lot of flexibility to be extremely efficient with his quarterback play because he was getting you know, 7, 8, 10, 12 yards a pop with his running backs. And um, that's definitely going to go away with this latest patch. But how much will it affect his game? I don't think it will affect his game all that much. And so um, I see the Falcons winning it all again this year, and uh, it's going to be interesting once we see the actual matchups to give our predictions and see how this is going to play out. But there are definitely going to be some teams with a lot of firepower. The NFC, to me, is the minefield that has to be navigated if you're going to make a deep run. Nobody's going to give it to the Seahawks, or the Falcons, or the Cardinals, which are kind of the three best teams over there. The AFC, I think that, that rose slightly easier but I mean even then you're you're facing the Jacksonville Jaguars who are a perennial top 10 defense in this league Colts who are always a top 10 top five defense in this league um the Kansas City Chiefs who are a top you know 10 defense in this league once he's got things figured out the Bengals who can be a top five offense in this league the Jets who are top five offense the Titans who are top five offense I mean they're I mean defense there's some really really good teams over there defensively and you're going to have to play good football. And it's going to come down to me who can turn the ball over the least um, because uh, that's what's going to matter the most in there. So that's how we kind of see it playing out. And um, we got two more advances here. I think the next one's on Sunday night. And then the one after that will probably be like Tuesday, Monday night. Um, and then we'll be into the playoffs and, and maybe have a couple of rounds before our next show. Unless we can maybe get a, everybody together for – uh, a quick one-off uh, prediction show uh, as we get through the rest of the playoffs. We'll see if we can make that happen for everybody because I know everybody loves those predictions. And uh, if you're uh, if you're the Ravens, you will even cut it out and make a video out of it. Uh, <laughs> but let's uh, let's talk about some awards here. And um, it has been a very full 
uh, season 83 with a lot of movement with owners that a lot more than normal. Um, this year has just been unique in that way that we have had owners move teams and, and move uh, in and out of the league. So let's just kind of talk about, let's talk about rookies. We'll, we'll start there and, and just kind of give me an idea of both rookie offensive player of the years, and then we'll move over to defense. Let's just kind of talk about the offense. You've got um, some pretty good players that are out there, especially in Jacksonville. I mean, you got a rookie running back that put up 1,200 yards, and he still has two more games to go. I mean, if he hits it just right, you know, he could hit that, you know, 1,500-yard mark pretty easily there. But you also have some wide receivers that put up some great numbers. Knox in Buffalo with 1,000 yards. Gator with the Carolina Panthers replacing uh, DJ Moore, who had a record-shattering year just a couple seasons ago. He's kind of found his new DJ Moore. The quarterback's not too bad for Pittsburgh, 3,889 yards for Cunningham. Everybody else is okay. Weston from Minnesota uh, played decent, 3,100 yards. We can definitely look at his touchdowns and interception ratio, which tend to be a little bit higher for rookies. But who are kind of your top ones that you're looking at? Um, And maybe who's your guy that you see coming out for Offensive Rookie of the Year? Well, you know, just in consideration, I think you got to give that a shout-out. Just he kept the the Steelers relevant this year. Uh, That is a really hard division he's in right there with three perennial playoff teams in the Browns, Ravens, and Bengals in it. Um, I think you have to give him some props. He played really tough. He actually had himself in playoff contention for a little while. Um, you got to give him some props. Like I said, you got to give uh, Gator and Knox, both those guys, speedsters. Um, Gator, I mean, like I said, he's he's in a system right there that, that really rewards that speed. Uh, Knox with Buffalo gave him something that could separate and open up that, that unique running game that he has. But I really think you have to go with uh, Quashon Morgan. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's what say. Uh, and he really got me because the first season, his very first game, Career, he rushed for 200 yards. Uh, it was against Tennessee, and when he beat Tennessee week one, uh, he had, like I said, about 420 yards through the first four, three weeks. And then he kind of leveled off, kind of came back down to earth a little bit. Still ran good. He had some heat. He did have a, you know, three or four games throughout the season where he averaged less than four yards a carry. Uh, but he, for the, you know, for most of the season, he was a workhorse for, you know, that running game that Brady likes to have. Um, this guy was 21st pick in the draft, 21 years old. He's still young. Uh, I think you have to give it to him. He's, 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 you know, single-handedly brought the Jaguars' offense into the playoffs. Um, I've played him twice this season. He's, he's scary because he is quick enough to get outside and take it, take the ball down the field. Um, but he's also, like I said, Brady's system. Brady does like to run up the gut quite a bit. I think you got to go with him on the offensive side of the ball. As much as I like Cunningham, as much as I like those pair of receivers, and I even like the name, of course, the name Ragnar Ledbetter. Sounds awesome. <laughs> uh but Morgan with Jacksonville, I think you got to give it to him. I think he's, like I said, he's the only one on here that's a, a playoff team that has maybe Gator in the top, in the very top guys. Um, so I think you got to go with Morgan on that one. Morgan just played hell of football. If he could have kept up, like I said, the first three weeks, uh, you might have been talking about him breaking rookie records, rushing the ball. But I think we have to give Morgan the, the offensive rookie of the year, at least just from, you know, bare bones looking at the statistics standpoint. And he led his team to the playoffs in a very, very tough division in a tough AFC. Yeah, Ledbetter, look, with Washington, uh, I gave up 100 yards to him week one. 
as uh, Washington got off to a really great start versus me. I mean, that guy was a monster to kind of deal with, but they have a new owner and, and there's no telling, you know, how that guy's going to be used or if he's going to be used. Morgan had a great year, 1,200 yards. That is outstanding for any player, much less a rookie in this year. But if you think about his owner, it really fits his style and his team. But we've also seen rookie running backs do these kind of numbers and put up these kind of numbers. Same with Gator and Knox, both outstanding seasons. They will all get votes. Um, Really, really, really good players. Uh, But my guy's going to be Cunningham with Pittsburgh. I mean, this guy's got 26 touchdowns, only 16 interceptions. I, I finally went and looked. He's actually leading the league by a pretty large margin in QBR. Um, he's right up there in the tops in yards and in touchdowns and um, playing really, really good football. Uh, I know that the team is not going to be in the playoff hunt. I know the wheels kind of fell off after a pretty hot start, but for Cunningham to have that kind of season here in the OMFL, that only speaks volumes to what is going to be for the Steelers when we get into next season because that guy – I mean, you got your guy. He's your quarterback of the future. He's your quarterback of now. I mean, you've got a playmaker that has already shown you that he can he can pass the ball and he can keep those turnovers down and he can win some games for you. So Cunningham's going to get my nod. I think he's the guy. Um, let's move over to the defense and talk about the defensive players of the year. So here's who we got so far this year. Your leading tacklers are Ramsey, Ramsey, I'm sorry, McClure, Noel with Chicago, Bailey with Philly, and Lehan with Miami. All of them uh, pretty much tackling machines there for their teams. You get into the sacks leader, it's really about one guy, and that's Steven Noel, who's also number three in tackles. So this guy not only has 40 tackles on the year, but also 13 uh, sacks. I mean, he is having an outstanding defensive year so far. And then you look at the interception leaders. They're kind of spread out amongst a bunch of different ones. Uh, Demarcus Glass with Seattle is tied with Andrew Lowe of Houston with three. Um, And then you also have Demetrius Spencer, who's got three in there. So those are your top three guys. But then Bailey and Reed, Philly and Arizona each have two. So nobody really super outstanding there with the interceptions. Uh, But definitely some great numbers there from Noel. And Noel's going to be my guy. He's a tackling machine. Uh, He comes over off the edge and gets after the quarterback. 13 sacks. I mean, as a rookie, I'll take that all day, every day, and twice on Sundays. That kid can play for Chicago. And he's a big reason that that defense um, has been so good this year. But what are your thoughts about defensive rookie of the year here in the OMFL? Yeah, I think uh, Stephen Noel is – I mean, you talk about 13 sacks as a rookie, um, 40 tackles. I think it's, it's really hard to go against him as your guy. Now look at the interception guys. Demarcus Glass, I don't know if you've paid much attention to him. You know, Mo has a system he uses in secondary um, where he kind of plugs and plays guys. Um, I'm sure this guy, I think, if I'm not mistaken, he's one of the guys that he plugs in certain packages. He's only got two tackles in the season, but he does have three interceptions. And it shows me he's one of the rotation players for the Seahawks. Um, you got to look at Andrew Lowe with Houston. You know, I'll give uh, Outlaw some, you know, some love. He'll he'll like that on seeing his his guy being there. I think he's um, a safety too. I think he was one yeah. of the the top safeties, and and Outlaw invested into that defense this past he year. He has, he has, and, and, and it's, it's tough growing pains in the AFC South. Yeah, uh, he's but he but he puts up a fight every single game. I will say I want to bring a little attention to Detrius Spencer for the 49ers. 
uh, 31 tackles, four sacks, two forced fumbles, three picks, and a defensive touchdown. I think that's, you know, all around, that's a really good player yeah. right there for San Francisco. You know, Cooley, you know, he took over a team that uh, Big Hurd had kind of built in his own style. Um, and he had a good team, but we we all know there's certain players here that build teams that, you know, I always said that about Houday's team. Houday's team were built for Houday and nobody else. Yeah. And I don't think Big Hurd's was that to that extent, but they were built for Big Hurd. Uh, and so it has been impressive to see Cooley come in there and, and you know, make an impact and got a really good um, – middle linebacker and Spencer. But like I said, I think you have to go to Noel. Um, I think he's your guy. I think you just, just a dominant guy for a rookie, 40 tackles, 13 sacks. Um, I didn't look to see if he had any forced fumbles or anything. No forced fumbles. Uh, but he's a really solid – I'm sure he – I think he's out, middle. He's the outside linebacker, but he's a Russian linebacker, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think so. Um, but I think it's really hard to go against him. He just put – I mean, that that's that's what you – that's uh, six – what do they call that? Eight-figure sack money right there. Yeah. Uh, that's bad. That's Arkansas. I had to count that. Uh, <laughs> uh, but that's a big money guy. I think he's going to be a real big thing. And like I said, he's on a playoff team. He's competing. Um, and like I said, Nate might see him in the playoffs here in, in a couple weeks. So Cunningham's getting my vote on the offensive side. Morgan is getting Dwayne's vote. And we both agreed on the defensive side. It's going to be Stephen Noel. We'll see how your votes go. Your votes are the ones that matter here in the OMFL. We, if you don't know, we kill all XP awards for the in-game awards. And we actually give them to you with the league votes. And so uh, league votes matter. And we're interested to see how that plays out. Let's talk about a couple of other awards here. We'll talk about Offensive Player of the Year defensive player of the year and then possibly mvp um of the the league so let's look at the offense real quick again here's mr cunningham the guy that's getting my vote he's the number one in the league followed by Jameis winston which is a surprise i know that big hurt with the 49ers struggled with finding that quarterback i know james james winston had struggled with maniac in tampa bay traded over to tennessee and Looks like we finally got a match there. Uh, Nicholas with Miami, Mayfield with Cleveland, and Garoppolo with San Francisco. So those are your top quarterbacks. Then you got White, Martin, Elliott, Johnson, and Freeman all over there in the a- NFC and AFC for uh, the top rushers in the leagues, that, uh, the yards, I should say, that guys are putting up in the league. The one that surprised me from that list really is James White. I mean, he is having a monster season with 1,621 yards. How much is this patch going to affect a little player like him? Well, it'll be interesting to see exactly how that plays out. And then your receivers. you got Beckham, Fuller, Edwards, Gallup, and Gator. Uh, those are your top receivers here uh, in the OMFL. And definitely some players that are your you know common suspects uh, with Beckham, Edwards, and Gallup. I mean, those guys are always at the top of your list. And uh, just a plug for our fantasy football team. Those are three of my four fantasy football receivers. Uh-huh. And then you got Gator with Cleveland, uh, Carolina, who just came out with an outstanding, outstanding season. Uh, very NFC heavy here with the wide receiver. Um, who do you see winning your Offensive Player of the Year this year? Um, offensive Player of the Year, to me, honestly, has to go to uh, – I said it, it's really tough. I'm, I'm kind of caught between two guys. Actually, three guys, but I'm gonna go with Ezekiel Elliott with the Tennessee Titans. I think he's yeah, we agree on this one. And I think he's just been dominant. And I will say this: I think with the the patch, and I know the patch ain't been out all year. I think guys really started knowing that the running the ball was the way to go. 
And I think it showed as you look at our receiving stats, you know, our receivers, that's pretty low for where we're used to having some receiving yards. Um, but I'm going to go with Ezekiel Elliott, and he just – I think he scored like six touchdowns in our two matchups. Uh, you're talking about 23 touchdowns this year. He leads the league with 56 broken tackles, um, five yards of carry. Almost – he'll be over 1,500 yards um, after this next week. I think he's got two games left. James White was in consideration for me. So was Joey Martin. Uh, Joey Martin just – he's over 300 touches already this season, um, 21 touchdowns. And like I said, James White – been a receiving speed back, you know, however you want to say that. 1,600 yards, 32 broke tackles, 16 touchdowns. I'm really interested to see if he runs as good. And I'm, and I'm not taking that away from Cincy. Since he runs the ball real well, um, I know he likes to pass the ball more. But James White has really paid off for him this year and played really good. But I'm going to go with Ezekiel Elliott, number one team in the AFC. Um, just a big-time running back. He's really hard to stop. He's got that perfect combination of speed and power. Uh, if you go back up there, I was looking at Winston with the – Tennessee, and that's what kind of gets me about the Titans. That he uh, didn't have a lot of yards, but he was 19 touchdowns, 22 interceptions, and he still overcame that to have such a great season this year. Um, and I'll give, you know, uh, Kay a little shout-out with Baker Mayfield. You know, I know his interception-touchdown ratio wasn't great, uh, but he did have his best year so far in QB rating at an 88 QB rating. He threw 3,300 yards, which is by far the most he's ever had. Uh, I think Kay's on the right track with that Browns team. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and if you go down there to the receivers – Kind of like you said, you got some very familiar names, uh, but nobody just, just really, I guess, they just pops out. Uh, you got like the Odell, almost fifteen hundred yards, eleven touchdowns. Uh, if he don't have a lot of yards with the way um, Pepper throws to him, then something's wrong. Gallup uh, being a star. If you go down, there's one name I was looking for. Um, it's, it's always interesting and one of the best red zone ones. He's 49th in receiving this year. Chance Francis is a guy who I don't know. He's just a, he's got. Was that 38 touchdowns through three seasons? Just a big red zone threat for Dallas. And I think that kind of hurts Michael Gallup right there because Gallup has 11 touchdowns. If he gets half those touchdowns for Francis, you put him in the competition, you know, the conversation of being the best receiver in the league. Um, I, I don't think you have any receivers to just stand out to be MVP. I think this year is the year of the running back. And honestly, you have right there, you can look at those five running backs and, and really pick your poison. Uh, but those top three are just franchise changing guys. And I'm just going to, have to go with CQ Elliott, though. Um, I can't disagree with any of that. I think that when you look at Rob and uh, kind of the up and down seasons that he had there after the first season with San Francisco, uh, where he got to the OMFL ball and won it, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yes. He was trying to, he lost his footing, but he's definitely found that footing. And to move over to Tennessee mid-season or whatever that was early in the season this year and to find this kind of success early on very quickly for a team that was not built to fit him and that he didn't have an opportunity to really change around that much he just had to use what he had Elliot has been a big reason that he's the number one seed right now and he's been a big um, driving force to having Rob have success in Tennessee that's very difficult just to walk in day one and find success. And so you and I both agree. I think that, in my opinion, Ezekiel Elliott is the offensive MVP because of what he's meant for Big Hurt and what he's meant for the success of that team. I think other players should get mentions. You know, of course, Mayfield, uh, Cunningham, outstanding for a rookie. 
White on outstanding season. Martin always at the tippy top there. David Johnson's got to be another guy that you think about. You know, his name has been non-existent in this right. league, and yet the Cardinals are winning this year on a 14-game, 13-12-game winning streak. Um, just beat you and your Colts, mm-hmm. and David Johnson's number four in the league in rushing. I mean, that's going to be a big, big thing. Again, I'm interested to see how much the patch affects guys uh, because it felt way more natural uh, on this past week. Um, and then, look, receivers always put up these kinds of numbers, and so I'm, I'm kind of like zoned out when it comes to receiver numbers. You, you got to be breaking 2,000 yards for to get my attention for MVP or for Offensive Player of the Year. It's going to go to quarterbacks if they can keep those touchdown numbers high, interception numbers low, and to running backs that help turn around seasons. And when you look at Tennessee and Arizona – those two running backs really played a massive role in the turnaround for both of those teams. I'll also say this before we move over to defense, and that is if you look at these numbers across the board, both offense and defense, and compare them with the NFL, they're not that far off. Even with the goofy patch and, you know, these rushing numbers are going to be high, but, you know, we did have that goofy fall forward patch for a long time, and so – um, I don't know. I just think our numbers are, are, are pretty, pretty darn close. Um, and uh, just I, I know that that's a, always a big subject here of sliders and all that fun stuff. But I, I do think that they're very close. Let's move over to the defense. You got Mosley leading the league in tackles with 57. But Miller, Smith, Alexander, Brown, all very close with 55, 54, and 53 respectively. Sacks is where it gets interesting. You got Jabal Sheard really having a great season with 21 sacks. Bosa with 19. Jones, Gallette, uh, and Clowney with 16 and 15, respectively. And then interceptions. Uh, you got Lattimore with 10. Bates with 10. Baker with 10. And then Thompson and Evans with 9 and 8, respectively. Thompson and Baker, both teams coming from the Arizona Cardinals, just shows how good that defense is playing. 19 interceptions. Just with those two players, I mean, that's a really, really great season. Uh, I'm going to, you know, I got to give the nod to my guy. Uh, I do not think he'll win it at all, uh, but he will get my vote. Lattimore has been a big reason that my past defense uh, has been so outstanding. I know that the numbers may not fully support it, but I think if you went back and watched game film, I think the reason the numbers – will be skewed a little bit, as they always are with very good pass defenses, as teams tend to fall behind and then really like pour on the pass late, um, and then you end up giving up you know more yards. But there have been five or six different games where the quarterback going into the fourth quarter has been under 100 yards for the game uh, with more interceptions than touchdowns, and Lattimore has been a big piece of that. I mean, he has really just shut down receivers left and right, uh, knocking caught passes out of people's hands, intercepting every ball. I mean, he dropped another probably eight interceptions on top of this. He's just been all over the field for me and played really, really well. And um, though I don't think he's going to win it, I do think that Sherrod's going to win it just because those are really sexy sack numbers. Uh, i got to give a nod to my guy Lattimore. But who do you think is going to win the OMFL Defensive Player of the Year this year? Well, I look at a guy you didn't mention right offhand, uh, Vaughn Miller. Um, a well-known, you know, well-known name, 55 tackles, 12 sacks, four forced fumbles, a pick, a safety. Uh, he just brings it all to the table. Uh, you go somebody, look, look at somebody, um, 
Shaquille Griffin for Seattle, 51 tackles, 12 sacks, seven interceptions, a forced fumble, a touchdown. Uh, Deion Buchanan, 51 tackles, 10 sacks, forced fumble, five picks. You two of my guys are just, you know, doing best of all the worlds right there. And you go your sacks guy, and I'll go with Lattimore. I, I looked at the, the interception guys while you were saying that. You're talking 10 picks, 12 deflections, uh, uh, interception for a touchdown. Uh, it's hard to really argue with that. Uh, and like I said, Buda Baker and Jesse Bates, if I'm not mistaken, is a linebacker. No, it's free safety. So you have two safeties right yeah, there. Yeah, Buda Baker is a safety. And uh, you go to the sacks guys and Sheard. It almost makes you regret letting Sheard go a few seasons ago because he has not missed a step. Uh, 21 sacks, four forced fumbles. But you got to give Joey Bosa some credit 19 sacks, five forced fumbles. He's five recoveries and a safety. You're talking about a guy who gives you five possessions right there on five forced fumble recoveries. Um, I think it's really, man, you got a lot of guys right there that, that stick out to me that are just super, super dominant guys, game changer guys. But I'm honestly going to have to go with Shaquem Griffin with Seattle. And I know that he's kind of off the radar right there. Yeah. Uh, he, he's not the top of stats on anything. But like I said, you're talking about uh, 51 tackles, 12 sacks, fourth fumble, fourth fumble recovery, seven interceptions, six, six deflections. And he just he just kind of leads that Seahawks defense. He's that joker and for them. He is. He's that guy. He does a little bit of everything, and he really sets home for that defense. And everybody knows how scary that defense is. But I, I do think on the defensive side of the ball, you have a lot more guys who could fit that you know defensive player of the year role than on the offensive side. I think the offensive side you were limited really to, in my opinion, to running backs. I think on the defensive side of the ball, man, you have a handful of guys there that – Honestly, you can put a good case for to be defensive player of the year, but I'm gonna go with Shaquem Griffin, and uh, I just think he brings so much, so much variety on that defense to the table that it's it's just scary. Yeah, we can't put everybody on the awards, and he probably make it now because uh, I think Colin does listen to the show. But I'm kind of interested. Does Shaquem even get uh, a nomination because he isn't at the top five of a lot of those categories? He's just kind of that joker that guy who can do a little bit of everything my quick question before we move on to mvp and wrap up the show do you think a guy will ever win defensive player of the year from just tackles and from just being a tackling machine we've never really seen that here in the omfl it's always been those sexy stats that tend to put players over whether it's sacks whether it's interceptions forced fumbles defensive touchdowns um never really seen a guy who's just like a tackling machine who just puts up you know in this league uh you know 120 total tackles which would probably come up to like 70 or 80 uh solo tackles which is what you see represented here on daddy leagues do you think a guy could ever win the defensive player of the year with that in my opinion, I don't think he wins it by himself, you know, with no statistics other than tackles. I mean, he looked like someone like Sidney Mosley, um, and he actually has a little bit more to you – know, he brings a little more to the table than just tackles. You look at him, two sacks, three forced fumbles, three picks. Uh, I guess you could say the nearest one down there is that uh, Trayvon LaFleur from Chicago, you know, 52 tackles, one sack, one forced fumble, and two picks. Uh, just somebody – I don't I don't think you'll find somebody that just with tackles because even if you go down the sack, sack department – uh, Sheard has 41 tackles, so he's 16 tackles off. Von Miller's a guy who's one of the top tackle guys. With he's got 12 sacks. I don't think you'll ever have one with, unless it's just a you know just a huge gap. You know, at the end of the season, most of these guys will have 65, maybe 70 tackles. If I, I solo tackles, if if I could see a guy get up there with 90 to 100, I might throw him in the category, even if he's not you know bringing a whole lot else to the table. More like a, I guess you'd say like a. 
uh, you know, Sean Lee or Keekley or, or somebody like that who, who just is a headhunter going for the tackles. Um, somebody like that. But I honestly, I don't see it here. I just think the statistics for these other guys so much. I mean, like I said, we just talked about Griffin, uh, Sheard, uh, Lattimore. Uh, you can like see so you go Chandler Jones. Uh, we talked about Gillette. Uh, with Seattle, who's been a mainstay here, uh, who's I think he's had over 70 sacks in these four seasons. Uh, it's really hard for a guy that, that just brings tackles to the table to compete with these kind of superstars. Yep. Let's talk about MVP. So MVP here goes to the human player, but about their Madden gameplay. Uh, we also do a coach of the year, but coach of the year mainly goes towards like the guy who most represents the OMFL, its qualities, its uh, mission, you know, just kind of everything about the OMFL. So it's like, the, who's the good guys? Not necessarily who's just the guys who are good at the game. The MVP though goes to who are the guys who are just good at the game. And so your top teams, right? Uh, you're going to have the Bengals, the Colts, the Jets, the Cardinals, the Seahawks, the Titans, the Falcons. You know, five of those guys, four of those guys are going to get the nod. In my opinion, it'll probably be the Falcons, the Titans, the Seahawks, and the Cardinals. But I do think that the Jets and the Colts and Bengals should all get um, some at least consideration. It's going to be tough for Colin. He puts these things together for us. Uh, and we actually should see a lot of these awards come out here in the next 24 hours to start voting on. Uh, but he's going to have a, his hands full to try to figure out who to put up there. Who was your MVP for season 83? Uh, if we're going all together, I think it's really hard to argue with um, from just a you know statistical winning standpoint. The Falcons, honestly, I think he put he built a hell of a team. Uh, asterisk tank season. Uh, he put a great, I'm just joking, D-Money, don't take it out of me. Um, I think it's hard to argue with somebody like him who's 14-0. He's dominating teams. I mean, if you look at his, his statistics this year, he's averaging 29 points a game, only give him 19. He's averaging over almost 350 yards a game. Uh, he's got one of the best teams, 87 overall. Um, I would say that my runner-up might catch you off guard because my runner-up team would probably be the Jets. I think the Jets are a team that – uh, really caught people off guard, and and I don't I don't think him as a person should have caught us off guard because he's always been a great player, uh, but I don't think many people would have said he'd come in here and be competing for a number one seed in the AFC. Um, so I'm gonna go with the Falcons as my MVP. I'm gonna go with the Jets as my honorable mention and a team that honestly you could probably put up there with the Falcons because I, I do think people expected the Falcons to be there. Not many people expected the Jets to be there just just because he just he's kind of you know hovered that playoff line for three seasons now and then just come out of the gates kicking ass this season. And I think you have to give him a lot of credit with the Jets and with the Titans and Big Hurt. Like I said, he walked into a situation. It was a good team. Tim built a good team there. Um, but he, he walked into a team that wasn't his own, and he made it his own, and he's really succeeded with it. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and put my disclaimer up front. I'm not even considering the Falcons. They will not get my vote. He won't like it. <laughs> I, it's not personal, but I just am tainted with how he built this team uh, and the the way he went about it. Uh, there's nothing about it that I like, and it's funny. It's because when it first was happening, I was kind of like, you know what? Yeah, you know, we don't have rules against it, and he's keeping games close, and you know, we can't really prove it. But it's like the further we've gotten from it, and the more. I've seen how good of a team that that allowed him to build. The the more tainted and just frustrated by the whole situation, I really do get. Um, so I re just refuse to give a guy who tanked winless for an entire season uh, 
and who now sits at 14 and 0 after that after you know having a great season last year and winning the bowl i just refuse to to think about that guy as an mvp and so uh my runner-up also would be the jets i just think it's outstanding of what he has built um the right way and managing his team and his cap and a little free agency and solid drafts and just quietly putting together a really good team that has fit his style and he's definitely had some speed bumps he's not the perfect team but definitely has taken what would be a bottom dwelling team and turned them into a contender in just a handful of seasons Uh, but my nod is going to go to the Tennessee Titans I just think it's extremely difficult to step into a team that was not built for you that is not lined up for your play style that Maybe you got to figure out exactly what playbook you're going to use and how you're going to attack teams and who's going to play where. And to do that and finish uh, 11 and 3, I, I think. Am I wrong? I think he's 11th. I thought he had a, a 1 in there. Maybe not. I thought he had like a tie Who's in that? there somewhere. Uh, Tennessee Titans. Yeah, he does have a tie. He's 13. Are 12, 3, and 1. 12, mistaken. 3, and 1. Yeah, these uh, these rankings are not quite updated. So, um, look, a really, really good team. And that is very difficult just to step in and start winning with a team that isn't built for you in a very tough AFC division and conference, in a, in a division that he's in. And then the conference as a whole, there are some really, really great teams there that you better be ready to play ball against. And he has done it with his defense. He's done it with effective quarterback play. And, of course, with that running game. And you got to give him the nod. And to me, he's going to be the MVP because I know how difficult that is. Um, what I can't wait to see what's going to happen next season after this all kind of plays out is what's he going to do with this team? Is he going to change it to fit his style? Is he changing his style to fit the team? And is he going to find success as he did this year uh, early and often? Or is he going to be like the San Francisco 49ers where he won early and then hit some speed bumps and struggled with finding that next superstar to kind of carry his team? So all super, super interesting stuff as we get to the end of Season 83 here. We'll, We'll be at Season 83 playoffs before the next show, which means we'll, we'll try again to have the guys on to do um, just like a quick prediction show where we just hop on and give our predictions and matchups once we finally know how those play out. So maybe Sunday night, depending on how fast this last advance is going to be, maybe Monday night we do that. But we'll get on and, and we'll have our prediction show. But that pretty much catches us up for the OMFL here and week number 16 of season 83 and man there's a lot of news to kind of cover with a a special announcement coming up but before we get there I kind of wanted to turn this over to you and and I didn't even give you a heads up so maybe that's a little unfair of me it's been a a crazy week but um, I like to let everybody that's on the show just have an opportunity to give their you know two minute rant of the week and like what do you what's on your mind as we kind of wrap things up here in season 83. Well I don't know if I have a you know a bad rant or anything like Uh, it is playoff seat time for OMFL. Um, I would tell some teams that aren't completely, you know, uh, engaged to, 
to watch some of these playoff games. Uh, you know, that's how it came into the league. I watched some of these playoff teams and watched some of these teams that are really good and tried to adapt some of their styles. Um, don't disengage yourself from the league just because you're on the playoff race. Uh, it is, like I said, it's playoff time of the year in OMFL, one of the greatest times there is in OMFL. And then it goes to offseason, which many would consider the greatest time in OMFL. So we're not that far away from it. Um, I hope that with this last patch they come out with that was supposed to fix everything, um, I'm hoping, like I said, today's gameplay for me was better, and I hope it for everybody else that it gets better because I know, we, like I said, we've had a in our last show we talked about negativity and trying to be more positive, and and so we're here, and the patch has happened, and you know it's it's supposed to fix everything, so I hope everybody enjoys it, you know, now and enjoys what's been fixed, and um, yeah, I'm uh, I'm just ready for the playoffs to start, and I'm kind of anxious to see what this big surprise is you got to announce. Yeah, I I think that. For me, it's going to be interesting to see, like, how does this actually play out? Like, what teams are – no, that's not what I want to do. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Hold on. Oh, sorry. I uh, I was hitting the wrong thread. But I'm super interested to see, like, how do these matchups actually end and where do they go? And, look, we got a big loss that we didn't even really talk about, but Dawson has stepped away from the league and uh, still very much in the community. I, I say that. I mean, technically, he's in the community that nobody really hears from him um, because Madden was his thing. It's um, it's going to be interesting to see how we replace him. He, he just played such a specific role here in this league. Um, he headed up the incentives. He headed up the gold sheet. He headed up the toilet bowl. And so now those things are kind of being dispersed amongst some other board members. And as we kind of had our last, you know, not so happy podcast, last podcast, maybe the one for that, I don't yes. even remember. Um, you know, I'm definitely thinking through what changes need to be made to keep us trucking. Uh, I've had to take a break this last three or four days from the feedback farms, and so they're piling up. I'm sure I'm going to have a ton of farms, but I just mentally needed the break from all of that for a couple of days. Um, but I'll get back to that, and if you've got a film that we got to watch, we'll, we'll get to those as, as fast as we possibly can. But stay engaged. Stay plugged in. The awards should be posted here in the next 24 hours. The Pro Bowl should be posted in the next 24 hours. That will give you some stuff to vote on or at least to start thinking about as you let the season come to an end and then cast your votes. Um, we got the Toilet Bowl coming up, and so that's another way to stay engaged. The Fantasy Football is going to be wrapping up here in the next 48 hours. And so there's just a ton of ways to stay engaged here in the OMFL. And I can't wait to see how it all comes together, especially with this little rough patch that we had kind of hit with the patches of the game and just gameplay and just overall vibe of the league. Things have seemed to have been better since the last podcast. And so hopefully we keep that upward positive trend and uh, we can continue to enjoy what we do here and enjoy what we have here there was one press pass live question that i forgot about so let's go ahead and get to it and then we'll put a bow on the show this comes from rob typical rob who is our patriots owner he's just stealing outlaws question as it wasn't posted have there been any former practice squad players who have made significant impact in their current installment, or I guess their current team of being called up? That's a really good question. It is. And probably one that we could even um, maybe get more feedback on next week after we kind of have some time to um, think about. I think for me personally, where, where I've seen 
the most improvement. I have not had a player go from practice squad uh, over to like starter. Now I have had some like low round picks work their way from backup up to starter. Fitzgerald is the first one that comes to mind. Um, and then a couple of my backup safeties that make plays for me, those guys come to mind. But as far as a guy that was on the practice squad for a long amount of time and then get moved up, um, the first one would have to be a quarterback that actually someone, I, I moved him from practice squad to my team. And then this season he had to go back to practice squad and somebody else took him. Uh, but he was he turned into a really great, solid backup player. And then offensive linemen. I always seem to find a lot of success. That's just always an easy area to cut, so to speak, and put guys from your team to the practice squad. And I've seen guys have to be moved from there, from the practice squad, onto your team and have some success. And then also another position that I've seen is defensive end or defensive tackle, right? Defensive line just in general, uh, you'll have a player with some potential. Um, I've moved to a 3-4, and then now I've I've recently really tried to move players around to actually play a 3-4 instead of try to play a 3-4 with 4-3 players. And because of that, I'm starting three defensive tackles across the board. Well, two of those guys were low-round picks, fifth, sixth, seventh-round picks. Um, And I think one of those guys was even on the practice squad for an entire year and got bumped up. And so I I think that it's not typical and it's difficult to make happen into like a superstar player. But definitely we've seen it happen in um, some like really good – uh, backup roles. My running back, again, it's hard to talk about other people's team because I don't know who was practice squad, who was not. But I know for me, like my backup running back who could start for this team if I had to in a pinch, um, who's just like a monster of a man, he was on the practice squad for a couple of weeks. And then I, just, I knew somebody was going to snatch him and I just forced myself to carry four running backs and cut at another position. But um, he has put up some really, you know, decent numbers. He's a backup, so, you know, he's only gotten 50, 60 carries on the year, but he's put up three, 150 yards or 305, somewhere in there, like over, a little over 300 yards, um, and played pretty good football for me. So I think it's possible, but it's just not typical. What has been your view and, and even your context of practice squad players moving up to your team? Uh, well, I, you know, I, I wish I could say practice squad uh, I leave that to my assistants um, but I haven't really moved I mean I've had some practice squad guys come up and, and be impactful I never had a star off there um, I guess you could say my import he started off like like four games into my first year he was a uh, practice squad guy so he was a partial he didn't spend very long there um, uh, Jacoby Land who's my cornerback now um, he was a practice squad guy for four weeks when I moved him up and, and really focused him to bring him over to this Madden um, I've had, like you said, offensive linemen. I think my backup left tackle and right tackles now were both practice squad guys for a year. Had to take them off because guys tried to claim them. So they, they've claimed to the team. They haven't got to start, but they are key to the rotation. Um, and I want to say my defensive tackle, I can't remember if he's still on my team uh, this year, but two years he started. Uh, he spent the first year on practice squad. and He was kind of my third defensive tackle. And with the injuries and everything else, he ended up about 75, 76 overall. And he got quite a few starts at defensive tackle. Um, I don't utilize my practice squad as well as some people do. Um, usually I fill it out with either bargain bin guys that I think I, that Mike can do 
dev guys or I try to get a fast quarterback or a fast receiver or a, you know, a really strong defensive tackle. I try to find a specialty player that can't make an impact yet and put them there and, and, and see what I can make out of them. Uh, I will say I think this year I think I have three or four safeties on my practice squad, which probably won't surprise many people. Um, but I do like to bring hard-hitting safeties and put them there and, and uh, you know, wait, gather them up. Wait, 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 wait. You like hard-hitting safeties? <laughs> Never heard yeah, of I that. Just, I just, you know, fill up my practice school, a uh, practice squad pond full of uh, safety so I can catch one when I need one. And uh, But I don't use it as well as some people. I can't tell you, other than Jacoby Lynn, who kind of asterisk, he only played four games or four weeks on practice squad. Um, he could be a star, but like I said, he, he kind of got built on the main squad for two seasons before he ever really got to touch the field. So I can't say I've ever had a star off of it, but I've had some players that have got some meaningful minutes off my practice squad but i know there are guys in this league that really utilize that practice squad and they they will pick and choose and, and get people off there that do make an impact yep uh again i want to apologize for the stream we'll, we'll take the stream down delete that video and upload the uh, one that's being recorded um i don't know what's up it's either my internet or it's this obs update that happened right before the show something has went haywire and it is definitely super choppy and so i doubt anybody's even watching live um but i do apologize if somebody is trying to watch live but we'll take it down and we'll put up a, a much cleaner recorded video uh, that's going on at the same time well that that puts us to the end here uh grownfolksoc.com is where you can find all of the really good articles one little friend here from nbc messed that one up but don't worry i'll fix it um, please help me out when you post those articles exclamation mark how blog and that'll bring up all the directions step by step on how to post these blogs uh, the correct way and this helps me not have to go back and fix a lot of them but let's go ahead and put a bow on the show and uh, wrap things up before we get to uh, a fun announcement uh, well it's like I said we do said earlier there's playoff time guys that are new guys that that you know that haven't been here real long or guys that just aren't in the playoff picture pay attention to these playoffs you could see some matchups. That's what I've always loved about the playoffs. You get to see some matchups you don't normally get to see. You get to see some powerhouses play each other. They don't get to play each other. Um, and like I said, you get to see some 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 games that really do make up some of the OMFL's greatest games when it comes down to these playoff teams. Um, you get to see these 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 styles, um, game plans, and stuff that are successful here. And it's just real interesting to watch and see. Um, what's that? Fix say. Um, and then we'll be kicking off the offseason, which I know is everybody's favorite. Two, probably two and a half weeks away from the offseason. Um, I'm just ready to see some of these new owners. You know, Cooley. Um, I can't remember the Washington guy, the Washington Redskins new owner. I can't remember his name. I just seen him pop in the chat. Him. I'm really interested to see some of these new guys. And like I said, I've knew, known Cooley since the OMFL 2 and the TFL. Um, and he's a, he's a real good owner. He's, he's a, a Cowboys jerk. fan, so I'm – so I'm biased. He's, he's, I, I he's like you. I, I, I will say this. I did remember watching y'all stream, you and Pooty T stream one night. Y'all were playing, uh, I think you were actually PUBG. playing a Madden game. Oh, and they yeah, were playing yeah. PUBG. And you were pretty fired up. But for yeah, whatever reason, I couldn't, I couldn't hear Cooley's voice, though. But whatever he was saying was really pissing you and Pooty T off. <laughs> and it was, y'all were laughing. But I was really disappointed I couldn't hear what he was saying. But I'm really interested to see what these guys, if y'all get a chance, go, go watch their – PUBG strings, you'll hear some very interesting commentary. Um, 
But uh, yeah, some of those guys have their settings set where uh, their audio doesn't stream. I've asked everybody to make sure their audio is allowed to stream. So you'll only hear the guys who've actually uh, set that setting to allow their audio to be streamed. So that's why you don't hear Cooley stirring up trouble like he always does. I'm going to boot that guy. You need to turn yours on because you got booted like three times that night from Nate. That's what you know that. And uh, but D, I'm interested to see how this playoff run, like you said, this 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 is the, this is what everybody works all season yeah. for. It ought to be real fun. And then the off season, which everybody loves, and I'm just excited. DaddyLeagues.com forward slash OMFL. That's our Daddy Leagues page. Go check it out. It's custom. I think uh, you'll like what you see there. GrownFolksOC.com. That's where you can see all this really great material from the OMFL, the OMFL2, the TFL, the NBC, the PFFL, the PFL, the AGCT. Uh, is that right? A-G-A- I don't know. They're, they're, there's too many leagues. I can't even remember them. They're all right here. Um, OMFL, NBC, TFL, ATG, there you go, PFL and PFLF. And then OMFL too. Then you got the Grown Folks Wrestling League, the Football Club, which has kind of been dead lately. Uh, the Golf Academy, who's still going really, really strong. Our PUBG H1Z1, which we really don't play. It's still on the site, but we've all moved over to PUBG. Red Dead Redemption, which they kind of killed their own game. And then, of course, a, a few friends play Call of Duty. Um, and it looks like there's even a, a new shooter game that I can't even remember the name of. It looks Division like there's two. Division 2, that's it, that uh, guys are getting a little clan going. And there are rumors. I don't want to I don't want to be the guy who lives into the uh, or, or plays into the rumor and innuendo mill that takes place. But there are rumors that there is a new NASCAR league that's going to be fired up pretty soon. So I know that there, there's a new game, an updated game that came out not too long ago, and, and rumors are that that may be firing up again soon. I know that was a blast. So lots of really fun stuff. Of course, our Twitter, Grown Folks OC on, on Twitter. Let me go ahead and get to the page because I thought it was there. Let me get over there to this. There we go. Sorry. Uh, Grow Folks OC on Twitter. Go give us a follow. We will follow you right back. Uh, if you tag us, we'll go ahead and give you some retweets and different things that have taken place. So go give us a follow there. Give us a subscribe on YouTube, Grown Folks TV. Uh, Grown Folks Online Community is actually the name of the channel. Uh, but Grown Folks TV is where you'll find all of the different leagues, uh, different things from our different leagues. OMFL TV is where you find the things about OMFL. There's Madden games on there, the Wrestling League, the Golf League. Anything and everything that you want to see is going to be there. And then our Twitch, Grown Folks OC there. Uh, please go give us a subscribe and a follow, and we'll do the same to you right back. Most of that's going to be mine, but we do host. I don't know if we're hosting anybody right this second, but we do host people here. And so um, anytime you see some of our main streaming friends, uh, they'll be posted here. Let's talk about a couple of our partners here, LeagueCrawler.com. We are massive, massive fans of Matt and his website here. We support what they're doing. He's been on our show multiple times. A really, really great dude in the community. Uh, and that's hard to say about 90% of this community, which can be pretty toxic at times. He is a good dude, and he is always looking for new and better ways to connect and engage the Madden community. But you can also connect with 2K players there, the show, Fortnite, Shooters. I think he's even going to add WWE on there. Uh, he gives away awards every year, just lots and lots of really good stuff. 
You can go on there and give players ratings. Um, you can give league ratings. If you're in the OMFL or if you're in the grown folks community, I am uh, asking you, begging you, pleading with you to go on there and give the OMFL a, a vote. Or if you're in one of our other leagues, make sure they're on here and give them a vote um, because other potential members will look at this website and see uh, what people think about their votes and and the rating for each league that's out there i want the grown folks leagues to have the best rating possible and then one of our long-term buddies uh, daddyleagues.com of course if you own a madden cfm and do not have a daddy leagues page well then shame on you uh, i don't know what's taking you so long you need to make sure that happens we haven't done a, the talk podcast in a while mainly because um, well, guys got into doing their own thing and, and didn't want to uh, join other deals, uh, other podcasts that we have. But we're going to try to bring that back. Uh, but go support DaddyLeagues.com. Make sure that you check out all the pages there. A lot of good recruiting can be done there, just lots of good stuff. Let's talk about our, a couple of our outside partners. First and foremost, our buddies over at OvertimeHeroics.com. If you have not signed up for a profile over there, go do that right now. What are you waiting for? It's a great place just to talk about sports in general. They do a good job over there giving lots of opportunities for lots of people to talk sports. And uh, they're trying to grow their sports gaming community. And so the OMFL and the XFML, I may not have those initials right, but they're an Xbox League. They've been big parts of it along with us in trying to help grow some of these uh, opportunities for people to talk sports and talk sports gaming. So make sure you go support our buddies over at OvertimeHeroics.com. And then our buddies for the W or the GFW, our Grown Folks Wrestling League. They're the TP1 True One Pro. They're a sim-style wrestling league. They put out some really great graphics. You can follow them on Twitter at TrueOnePro, so give them a follow. And then our good buddy, Mr. Austin DTA, he does some of the most amazing, coolest videos that you've ever seen. These are sim videos that he puts together, plus he has his own like WWE league that he runs, and uh, just like lots of really good stuff. He's in our chat. He's a great dude. Uh, go support give him a subscribe let's get him over 200 he's at 192 right now let's go give him a subscribe and give him over 200 it doesn't cost you nothing you just hit a button so go give him a subscri- subscribe and uh, let's support his work and that gets us to our last thing um, that we want to announce here today we'll get this out on twitter tonight we'll get this on our website tonight i've been really busy the last few days but i got a couple of days here um, that i'm gonna have some time to myself i got a big event tomorrow night so i'm gonna try to do that here tonight and uh, tomorrow morning but Sidenbowl, Sidenbowl.com. this is an xbox one madden cfm they're one of the top Xbox leagues that are out there Um, and what we have noticed over our time of growing from the OMFL to the grown folks online community is that we do have a lot of people who maybe don't read or just don't pay attention and don't notice um, that the grown folks community is actually uh, a PlayStation 4 only group and so Uh, They actually reach out and go to join and then realize, oh, I'm Xbox. This is only for PlayStation. And so, honestly, for the past year, I have been trying to find a league that would actually come join the grown folks community, that would come and bring all of their skill set here, add their stuff to our website, um, and just do their own thing, just do it here under grown folks. And we've 
been unable to kind of make that happen. And so uh, as we've done with our wrestling league, I've begun to start to look for people that could make partners for us and just someone that we could share each other's stuff, uh, that when we get Xbox owners, we could send them there. When they get uh, PlayStation owners, they could send them here. And we could just really support each other across platform in what each league and each community was trying to do. And we've got a buddy who actually used to play with us back in our uh, group me days um, and actually played in the uh, what was called back then the WWG, but our wrestling league that turned into the GFW um, and was part of our board for a bit. And uh, he actually plays only on Xbox now. He does have both platforms, but only plays on Xbox and uh, has become a pretty big leader here with the Sodden Bowl. And so I reached out to them to see if they would be interested. And after kind of working on some things on each side, I think that we've come to agreement and we're going to announce an official partnership starting right now um, where we will be the Sodden Bowl official partners for the PlayStation side, which means when we get Xbox owners, we're going to send them over there to Sodden Bowl and to the, the different leagues. They have what you know we would call OMFL2, but they have like a development league that they're just starting they're putting out lots of really amazing stuff. There's some really great podcasts there. I mean, they're top-notch. They're, we could definitely learn some things from them, especially with our choppy podcast that's up right now. I don't know what's <laughs> going on. But they definitely do a lot of great stuff. Um, and we've got a, a buddy over there, and we're making some new friends over here. Uh, their lead commissioner's name is Sodden. I don't know what his real name is. I don't know if that is his real name or not. But they've been around since 2009. We've been around since 2001, so two communities that have been around for a long time who are putting out some really great materials. And I just think that it, it's the smart thing to do. I mean, I, I am trying to figure out ways that as the grown folks community, as the OMFL, how can we continue to set the standard and find new ways of innovation? And in my opinion, partnerships are the way to go. And I know not every league is going to be into that. Uh, leagues are very much all about what they are doing and they want people to come to them and they want people to subscribe to their channels uh, we're more about the community which is why the grown folks online community uh, was created and is here and this is just another step in that direction as we build more partnerships to help advertise each other's stuff and uh, who knows where this is going to go but i am super excited about them agreeing to this partnership and uh, we'll get some graphics and some stuff on our website for sodden bowl um, so here very soon you'll see a link um, so as players come here they can at least go check out the sodden bowl website and uh, if they're looking for an xbox one version they can easily go and, and check out sodden and, and sign up for their stuff and then we'll be sharing a lot of their stuff on twitter which you've probably already seen us do um, here as of late so lots of really good stuff and it's an exciting time to be a part of the omfl an exciting time to be in the grown folks online community again i apologize for the choppy stream but i'll take it down immediately and upload this recorded one that we have and uh we'll get it all updated and, uh, tomorrow morning it looks like we're going to host our first if i can get more people i, I haven't looked at discord in the last hour because we've been doing the show hour and a half but uh, the, the object is to tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock, we'll fire up our first live sports podcast for the grown folks online community. And uh, we'll talk some sports with a lot of really cool people. Hopefully, Pootie T will be able to join us. Ho who knows? Maybe D. Wayne will come join us and poke his head in. I just think it's going to be a ton of fun, and I can't wait to do it with those guys. And uh, 
that's it. I think that's the big announcement. That's all of the stuff for the OMFL. That's all the stuff for the grown folks community. <sighs> I think we've said it all. Covered a lot. I put Dwayne asleep. That's how much that we've covered here today. <laughs> Dwayne, thank you so much for making time on your Friday afternoon. Uh, I think it's bourbon time for a lot of you. It's getting time off for a lot of you. Um, so let me go fix this choppy podcast that went up today. Get my internet fixed. We'll get some announcements on Twitter about our new Sodden Bowl uh, partnership that we formed. And then tomorrow morning, we're super excited. We'll get this uh, first crack at our Sports Talk podcast up. Um, and actually, that, that idea really comes from our partners over at Overtime Heroics. I know that they do so many, so many podcasts and sports stuff. We wanted to kind of add to what they were already doing. So exciting times to be here, man. I appreciate you for making time. And I hope everybody has a, a really blessed week. Have a great weekend. And until next time, peace. Later, guys.